Good morning and welcome to IT Misfits Stand Up Stand Up, your daily dose of open source comedy straight from the IT trenches. If you're a guru or you're just starting your career in IT, this is going to quickly become your favorite meeting of the day. We hope to, provi to provide you with a platform where you can share experiences, learn, and laugh, all from an IT perspective. I'm your host, Jerry Black, and with me today is Tim Stevens. Let's get into it. Uh, today, we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and maybe some of the benefits of imposter syndrome. As always, we'll end the show by sharing some open source comedy, but you brought up actually uh, even last week, some of the benefits and really some of the, um, some of the people that have, you know, in a way benefited from imposter syndrome. And what I want to talk about a little bit is that side of things. And as always trying to turn, take a negative and turn it into a positive, or is there a way we can hack it into a positive uh, quickly taking some of that negative perception we have of it and and make it positive instead of negative, I guess. And so, you know, this was really your insight initially. Uh, so let me, you know, kind of turn it over to you and say, how do you see it? Uh, where have you seen it? Let's talk a little bit about about how you, you know, how you perceive it. Absolutely. Thank you, Jerry. The benefits of suffering from imposter syndrome, uh, the one of the biggest benefits is one, it, it does drive you constantly drives you to be a better version of you, whether it's at work, at home, as a father, as a mother, sister, brother, whatever it may be. And the reason why is because it's, it is a constant reminder of internally, am I doing my best? Am I, do I belong where I'm at? And when you begin to ask yourself those questions um, frequently and consistently, because you're suffering from imposter syndrome, and maybe you feel like you don't belong. The other end of those questions should be, okay, what can I do to get a little better? And how can I get better at work? And how can I be a better communicator and a better husband and a better father? And that is, I think, the, the most effective um, part of, of suffering from imposter syndrome. The other thing that I've I've come across in my time in IT is that, uh, which all of all of you guys know that who's listening out there is IT is constantly evolving, constantly. With that, you have to evolve as a person, which means you also should be thinking about: Should I pick up a book? Yeah, it really should motivate you, and it really should instill more discipline in you that you should constantly be looking at what you could do better to overcome that imposter syndrome if you feel like you're suffering from it. The other thing I would say is you have to be careful with uh, because we, Jerry and I have been baptizing ourselves and talking about imposter syndrome the last couple of weeks. And it really, for me, it's really uh, accelerated and accentuated uh, that what I suffer from at times, which we all do, right? But the degree of it, and I was joking with Jerry the other day, I was like, we get, we got to stop this. I mean, this is going on too long. <laughs> I'm constantly thinking about it because I'm constantly coming up with content. But I, I go back to um, the, the high performers is something I brought up the other day. Uh, those, those three traits that I mentioned, I'll ramble them off here real quick. Is, is the, one, the first one is as a high performer, you truly believe that you deserve more and better than others, and you're going to work for it. That's the first one. The second one is you're, 
you don't think you're good enough, which is a paradox of a paradox from the first one. And then the last one is you have the ability to focus. Now, if you if you've listened to um, uh, Saban, Coach Saban from Alabama, college coach, uh, what he says or what he has said is high-performing people do not like mediocre people. And mediocre people do not like high-performing people. Huh. And it's that fits in nicely with what we're talking about because as an as a someone in IT that may think that you're an imposter, the reality is that you're more than likely pushing yourself harder than anybody else or most in the organization. And in that, and because of that, you may feel like you don't belong. Because if you look at your organization, we all have them. We have those rock stars. We have those guys and girls that push themselves constantly and they're getting better and better over time. And they're, they're humble. In some cases they're too humble, but they feel like they're imposters but really the reason, one of the reasons why is, is because they are amongst mediocre people for the most part, people mm. that are not necessarily pushing themselves. So if you are the minority in those situations, yes, you may feel like you don't belong. And in some cases, I can tell you guys, for our listeners, that is, is where I find myself and I have to catch myself and be like, I don't feel like I belong. And I don't feel like I belong in this position, but a lot of it has to do if I step back because I am, I am working from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at times, and I'm really, really pushing myself. So do you that, think, uh, do you that's think my that, take on benefits. Yeah, yeah, on that, in that, I hadn't thought about it, but, but the, the, con you know, the, the concept of, you know, people that are mediocre don't like people that are, um, um, you know, high performers. Do you think mediocre, like, I guess something that could contribute that I think I have seen now that you say that is that mediocre people, or I don't want to put it that way, but people on a team at times can try to bring people that are going faster, trying to excel, trying to push, et cetera, can pull them down yeah. and will do things to try and pull them down. And if right. you have imposter syndrome and somebody is actively doing that to you, it will absolutely exacerbate the imposter syndrome that you have because that, you absolutely. know, like they can, they'll start throwing wrenches. Well, why this? Well, what about this? Well, have you thought about that? And it's those things that, you know, sometimes are uh, a lot of the time are red herrings that get, they get thrown at you that have nothing to do with what you're talking about. But because you don't know the answer, all of a sudden now you're like, oh shit, I don't know that. Oh, I gotta, I gotta do some more research. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. And it now you're, you're, you, it makes it worse. You know what I mean? It makes the, makes yeah. your imposter syndrome worse. So, so anyway, it's interesting to, yep. to have that look and that take on it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing to add on that is high performance usually get promoted above their peers, typically. Sure. And if you're, if you take what you just mentioned into account, and then you take that same individual in that situation, you put them in a leadership position in the organization, right. and they're now leading those same people that have been trying to pull them down. That becomes even more of a challenge for that individual. That becomes even more of a, a reason to think you're an imposter because now you are leading your peers and your peers aren't have never performed or are just not interested in, in performing above and beyond. So now you're dealing with with both of those dynamics. Yeah, I'm in a position because sure. I was a high performer, you know, and, and 
most, I think, embrace it. They want to go. They want to move up. They want that upward mobility. But now you compound that with your peers that you're now leading. They didn't like you in the first place because yeah, you're right. a rock star, right? And that that feeds into the uh, the syndrome, and then compound that with now you're leading them, and that's a challenge, right? Because yeah. ideally, especially for me, in the past, what I felt like is I expect my team to perform at the level that I perform at. And that's not realistic. I can drive them, motivate them, lead them, give them um, encouragement, coach them. But the reality is not all of them are going to adopt the same work ethic that I have. And I got to be okay with that. And I got to work with that. So uh, yeah, and a I think lot. The, the, oh, uh, one more thing. Oh, sure. Sorry, Jay. That There's a heavy tax to pay as a high performer. Yeah, right. But that is that goes hand in hand with the syndrome, right? That's what comes with it. It's too as well. So yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. And I would say, as you know, the other thing that we that I, I will I must I will assure you will be a topic of ours at some point in the future is how poorly in IT and probably across the across all organizations, but I just see it in IT all the time is how poorly we prepare people to be managers. And you're exactly right. Normally, it's our highest performer, right? The guy that's been killing it. I never thought about the fact that, you know, their peers are probably already resentful of that individual. And and even if they're not, even if all of their peers are like, oh, congratulations. I mean, one of the things that we automatically do is we put them back in charge immediately of the people. Like day two, today, you're an individual right. contributor. Tomorrow, yeah. oh, you're in charge. Oh, great. Of who? Oh, all those guys you used to work with who are now really, unless they're really, really good people, are going to struggle with um, uh, jealousy and, and that sort of thing. And now, yeah, they're going to, in a lot of ways, immediately try to contribute without really recognizing. I don't think anybody has this in their mind, but they're going to contribute to any imposter syndrome you have going in. Because they're going to, I mean, I've taken management jobs and the first questions out of people's mouths are the weirdest, most obscure. Why is that something you're asking me at this moment? Because they just want to, they just want to dig. You know what I mean? They just want to pick and they want to poke. Yeah. yeah. They want to poke. Yeah. They want to test. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Guys, that's, that is the price to pay. Yeah. That's a great way to to tax the syndrome will dissolve if you get comfortable and you get relaxed, right? Because you care less and you also get very good at the position that you're in, but you don't grow. So part of the growing pains is one, it's a little lonely sometimes. It's just the reality of things, whether you're growing at work or growing uh, personally, whatever it is. But two is do not expect a lot of cheerleaders around you. Mm. You're not going to get them. And you have to be okay with that. But I can tell you the the effort and the investment that you put in to get where you want to go, whether it's comedy, whether it's your job, and even as a father, that's tough too. Um, and as a mother as well, it's not easy. And that's why there isn't a lot of people doing it. Just mm. think of that, right? So great points, Jerry. I yeah, that's it. a good one. Yeah. yeah that's All right. A good one. So uh, as always, let's get into some open source comedy tim do you have anything uh ready today that you want to share have, yeah i have a few things I, i'll go with just one though all right for my listeners out there i'm sure you've run across someone that speaks in riddles 
And this individual, they, they have a skill set that they can talk their ways out of anything. I know that. So we all find ourselves on those incident calls where the network is down, it's been down, and there's really no signs of it coming back up anytime soon. The VP of technology is on that call of the customer, and he's looking for blood. We're not going to give him blood because if we give him blood, just like a shark, he's going to go for the kill. So we bring in this individual that speaks in riddles. Now, this isn't public knowledge, but I feel like I can trust all the viewers out there, all two of them that are currently listening, hopefully more in the future. But within 49 minutes, that individual that speaks in riddles, after him joining the call, the whole climate of that call changes. The VP is laughing. There are conversations about weekend plans of, of sporting events for their kids and movie nights. The chat box of that meeting is filled with emojis and gifts, and everyone has forgotten somehow that the network is down, it's not coming back up, and that company's bleeding to death. <laughs> now, I, this particular concept was coined by a company that will have to remain anonymous. <laughs> but if you ever worked with Irene, Bob, and Mary, you probably know who I'm talking about. Screw it. Guys, it's IBM. <laughs> Irene, Bob, and Mary. Huh? <laughs> uh, it's awesome. So for my viewers, you, you're certainly welcome to grab that. That's something I've been working on. Uh, my friend Jerry here always preaches to me, don't be shy about continuing to work the same joke because that joke only gets better over years. Yeah, only yeah. gets better over years. So, and Jerry Seinfeld once said that he's, there was a joke he had that he was working on for 10 years, just constantly tuning it and experimenting with it and throwing it out in open mics. And um, I didn't believe Jerry at, at the time, but there is a lot of truth in what he says. So maybe I should trust Jerry a little more. Jerry Black, that is. All right. All right. So I got a couple, uh, we'll see how this, how this plays out. So I have a, um, you know, my, um, you know, we're talking about imposter syndrome and, uh, I, I mean, I have it bad. Um, I think part of it is because, you know, like my kids are always saying things to me, like, you know, you're not my real dad. <laughs> it's like, that. <laughs> and then, and then one of these, one of these kids, he's, He's like, um, he says, I, I just found out, I, you know, he's like, I, I, you're not, you're not my real dad. And, and I said, yeah, I, you're an exchange student. You, you got here a, a month ago. You're from China. You don't, you hardly even speak English. Why would you think I was your real dad? And he's just like, oh, so I'm an imposter now. Now I'm the imposter. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, nice all right. Well, that's, I like that. That's nice so, little twist there. Yeah. So, God, I, I want to try and do the tag, you know, like, oh, and that was that, but that, you know, that one said, uh, this one said, you know, I, one of them, I really aren't, I'm really not his dad, but that's because he's an exchange student. He just moved here last month, but he's still affect, you know, some, uh, and I want to go back and forth because <laughs> I do like that uh, concept. I think yeah. Really good, good yeah. Yeah. After with the tagging. So, absolutely. Um, Okay, well, uh, thank you very much. I think that's the show for today. Uh, certainly appreciate all the insight and all that. Um, uh, now, tomorrow is our 
uh, final episode on uh, imposter syndrome. I'm very excited in, in a lot of ways for that to be true. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we're going to, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the topic for uh, for next week. So uh, again, thank you very much, Tim, for uh, joining, and we'll talk to everyone tomorrow. Okay, so quick explanation. Tim and Matt could not join the stand-up at the same time, but they both had really interesting insight into this topic. And so I met with them separately, and then now I'm bringing them together into this uh, this podcast. So it's a little jumpy because we jump from Tim now into Matt, but uh, that's why that's why it is that way. Rhetorical and uh, maybe not the right way to say it, but like, would Elon Musk be as as wealthy and as good as he is if he didn't have that sense of imposter syndrome that drives him to research like crazy? You know, you Learn mentioned, yeah. yeah, that he's like uh, stays up for three days to understand a topic completely and then. Now he can, um, now he feels comfortable having a conversation about it. And, you know, I mean, he's working with rocket scientists and, and um, uh, mechanical engineers on drilling holes into the earth and all that stuff, you know? So, so it's interesting. And then, you know, like, would I, the question I had was like, would Maya, Maya Angelou, who really talked about it, imposter syndrome a lot, um, would she have written as much if she didn't have sort of this driving nature that people are going to find out I'm a fraud. And that's a quote from her. Um, Hey, people are going to find out I'm a fraud. So I've got to keep writing. I've got to keep driving to to almost stay ahead of that uh, ahead of that fear. And so I did. Uh, so with that said, that's kind of everything that I had wanted to talk about here. From the, I think you can use it. I that might be terrible advice. I'm certainly not a therapist. Um, I might be sending you down a, a very dark path. But just personally, I guess I would say um, I'm gonna. I really am gonna try and think of it that way. How do we help others? I think we build them up. We build their confidence. We help them see that they really are valuable. And then how do we build up ourselves or how do we leverage it ourselves? Let's use that as maybe some fuel to push us, uh, to get us to focus in on maybe a little bit more on those things that are where, oh, it's perfectionism. Well, just right before perfectionism is a really good product. <laughs> So anyway, were you saying you one? Were you saying one of the concepts of imposter syndrome is like if you don't have perfection, like in totality of said, you know, uh, skill or uh, being an expert in your in your field of work, that it holds you back. Uh, one of the things I keep thinking of is, you know, what we talked about yesterday is helping others is those, like take baby steps. You don't have to get to perfection. If you just do a lot of little baby steps over of, of learning, taking bold, you know, maybe speaking out when you thought you wouldn't, uh, reading that next thing, researching the next thing. So over time, you can maybe get to perfection. Uh one of the things I th thought about when you said that word perfection is I think about working out. Like if I can't get like a full hour of working out, like hell, I'm not going to do it. Instead of why don't you just go for a 10 minute walk? Cause I have 10 minutes or I could do something for 10 minutes. So I actually go, well, I can't work out if I can't get the full hour or the full whatever. And so I kind of equate it to that as we give ourselves yeah, excuses of working out um, because I don't have the time. But if 10 minutes of reading on said subject, AI or, I'm a coder or I'm a project manager or what have you, like all these little times will help me get to maybe that point of perfection. Uh, so I think that's what drives me is I want the perfection as well. So it scares me that I'm not there, but I know and this is just from 
some making some mistakes and overstressing myself out back to I'm not a therapist, but little things like reading the new article or reading, staying up with what's going on in current events so you could add more to a conversation or help uh, get that laugh or be uh, relevant yeah. to the audience that you're with because you know what's going on and you're relevant in that. And that's just a baby thing, knowing like, you know, the stock market's here or this is that, or this industry's failing or this industry's thriving. Those little things add up. They do. Yeah. I think that's great. And, and I, it's a good point. You know, I think there's a, um, you know, there, there's gotta be some value in that. And maybe, you know, you know, maybe we're looking at it from a, then people might say, well, then you guys don't really suffer from imposter syndrome. You know, mm -hmm. imposter syndrome can be, you know, when you really suffer from it, it's a real thing. It's not this, oh, well, I'll use it. I'll use it. Maybe. And like I said, we're not therapists. We're just IT guys who, you know, I guess would say feel inadequate at times. And hey, we're, you know, hopefully trying to help people uh, move on to the next. But yeah, I, I, I think all those things are uh, possible things to solve or to get you past or to move further um and it you, know, motivate you you were saying the motivation use yeah. the motivation that i'm overly concerned about how i'm being perceived or not and i'm giving my kind of myself some self-hate or bullying myself into thinking i'm not good enough yeah if you have two voices in your head and one of them is saying you know you're not yeah. good enough you're never going to make it right and then the other one is saying um but let's just take the first step it, and then you, you know, if you think about how we're going to combine those two, I mean, like your best coaches, right, in in any sport or anything along those lines that you played was not the coach that said, oh, you're perfect, right? Stop right there. The best coach was like, yeah, you're good, but you can be better. And I know you can be better. Well, if that's how you use the voice of um, uh, of imposter syndrome to, to be that coach in your head that's just kind of saying, hey, you, you know, you're not there yet. You know, keep trying, get better. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. I uh, think so. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the funny. Uh, as always, we're going to close the meeting with uh, close the stand up funny. with a little bit of open source comedy. <laughs> uh, and uh, Matt, do you have anything you wanted to share today? Open source comedy. Uh, just looking out and, and on um, finding what's kind of readily available to share with you, uh, Jerry. I was telling you, I'm I'm really obsessed with. Um, people's decisions uh, think religion like I live in a house with uh, two different types of religion the Apple users and the Windows users <laughs> um, being on the Apple side I like making fun of my uh, other family members who have that other religion so the Microsoft <laughs> so why are PCs like air conditioners uh, I don't know they stop working when windows are open Here's one more, just uh, on uh, on, and this uh, <laughs> so funny. I, I remember my transition from laptops to Mac about ten years ago, and and uh, how hard that was. But um, not that there, yeah. What's the difference between a virus and Windows? Uh, a virus rarely fails. <laughs> That's my my little dig on uh, the other religion because little digs really are adamant about my religion's better than your religion finding ways to demean your religion in this case windows then, versus Mac is the religion nice. and 
sure we could find other religions to make fun of, not in the uh, faith sense, but in the uh, technology sense. I love it. I love the idea of those being the two religions. That's great. Uh, <laughs> How about okay. you? Talk to me. Uh, yeah, let's let's get a laugh. Yeah. When I was a kid, my my uh, mom took us to Star Wars. First time we ever watched Star Wars. Ooh, Super okay. excited. Loved Star Wars. Right. I was I think it was six or something, and the and the first one came out. Well, when the second one came out, my mom couldn't go with us for whatever reason. She had to work or something, and so me and my brothers uh, went. Well, when we came home, we told her all about it. And I mean, we told her all about it, even the uh, the part about uh, Darth Vader as Luke's father. And we said, that. <laughs> we said that. And my mom said, oh, well, she was so mad. You could just see her face fall, you know, because we just ruined the movie for her. And she says, oh, well, you know, you guys and Luke Skywalker have something in common then. Uh, neither of you know who your real father is. <laughs> so, uh, talk about imposter syndrome, right? <laughs> I love your mom. You you grew up in Alaska. You guys have a, some interesting, some interesting background, yeah, and experiences sure. that us in the lower forty eight don't have to deal with or have experienced. But uh, uh, any parting thoughts? No, I appreciate you doing this. I love sharing, you know, not being therapists, but just, you know, being in the work world. Uh, we all make mistakes. Uh, be kind to yourself. Because uh, I'm willing to bet that as hard as you are on yourself, other people in the room, other people team are not at, at all saying anything close to what you're saying about yourself. No one's saying... Okay. Jerry is not a good developer, project manager, coder, or leader. I mean, that people are not, but yet we are beating ourselves up. So stop being your worst enemy and your worst bully because there's enough bullies and ugliness out there. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Matt. That's great. Uh, we're going to end on that. That's the end of Stand Up, Stand Up for today. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us. If you heard something funny today and you want to share it out, that's the whole intent of this. It's open source. Uh, please do so. Most importantly, share something funny, even if it's not something here. Share something funny with an IT, fellow IT professional today. Our jobs are hard. They're complex. They can be really frustrating. And just sharing something funny with a colleague will make their day a little bit brighter, but you'll be amazed how much day brighter your day is because of it. Thank you. Have a great day.